Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. All right, so I entitled this, Get Up, Jesus is Calling You. Get Up, Jesus is Calling You. And so we'll look at it in three parts. We'll look at it as the, the, the blind beggar pleads for mercy in verses 46 through 48. Uh, the blind beggar answers the call in verses 49 through 51. And then finally in verse 52, the blind beggar is no longer blind. So today's story is, is short, but it's very practical for us to hear as we hear uh, Bartimaeus is crying out for mercy. And, and I love that because he's screaming over the crowd. And you can imagine there's going to be other people screaming out uh, the name of Jesus. And, and here he is, and he calls him by son of David. Uh, and, and I love that. But, but God's desire for uh, his heart towards us is to meet people where they're at. Uh, and, and God is just. God is holy. And he, and he does want to deal with people's sin, but God loves people, and he sent his son, and he is long-suffering. In Psalm 86, 15, it says, But you, O Lord, are, are a uh, God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And so his heart is, is, isn't one of frustration, but yet God reaching down to man. And so other religions have God trying, uh, have us trying to reach to God. Uh, and, uh, and so I, I love this, uh, I, I, this thing that Francis Chan and then put together through uh, Bluefish, and, it, and it's called A Man Fell in the Hole. And when we talk about um, religion trying to reach to God, uh, it, this is a great passage because it, it's, it's something that he just, a, a story that was put together. And it says a man, in, a man fell in a hole. He fell in a hole and he couldn't get out. A traveler passed him by and told the man to meditate, to purify his mind. And when he reached nirvana, all suffering would cease. The man did as he was told, but he remained in the hole. Another man appeared and he explained that the hole didn't exist. And, and neither, in fact, did the man. It was an illusion. The man who did not exist was still stuck in the hole that was not there. Another visitor arrived, and he instructed the man to perform good, good uh, deeds uh, to improve his karma. And through he would still die in the hole, he might be reincarnated as something magnificent. Another man looked down, the, uh, looked down at the man and said, You should pray five times a day, facing the east to follow five important tenets. And if he was faithful, one day perhaps divine would set him free. He did as he was commanded, but he prayed and he lost strength. But the man remained in the hole. Then another man appeared, and there was something different about him. He called down to the man in the hole and asked him if he wanted to be free. This man lowered himself into the earth, into the pit, 
And then turning to the light, he brought the man out, and the man was saved by crying out to Jesus in his desperation. In John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. It's again like we talked about, the, the veil being torn is torn from the top to the bottom. It's God coming to us. And that's something for us to remember as we dive into the scripture. As we look at the first part here, as a blind beggar pleads for mercy in verse 46, it says, And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus the blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. So remember, Jesus is at this time, he is, we talked about it last week, his eyes are, are leading towards the cross. He's going to Jerusalem to go into uh, to do what he was called to do by the Father. And um, we talked about it last week as, as he was no longer walking alongside of the di disciples, but leading them into Jerusalem. And so uh, in Mark chapter 10, verse 33, it says, See, are, are we going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and there he will be, uh, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles. So Jericho is a, we talked about it, is a highly trafficked area. You have traffic coming in from the north and the south. Uh, you have the, the roads that the, the Romans used. And, and at the same time, it's the same road that, that Jesus used on the parable of the Good Samaritan being robbed. It's a dangerous road. And yet you have these large groups of people coming in for Passover. And, and so there's a great crowd following Jesus. And so remember, the crowd's just going to get bigger and bigger at this point. Uh, the word is out, and, and they know who Jesus is, and, and yet they're there either to see the show, right? They want to see somebody be healed. They want to see somebody uh, be, be a demon cast out of somebody. They, they want to see a, somebody who's blind to be able to see, somebody who's crippled to be able to walk, and yet are they there for Jesus, Bartimaeus is a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, and was sitting by the roadside. And as Jesus was passing through Jericho to Jerusalem, we actually get the name Bartimaeus from the book of Mark. And the story is covered in, in Matthew as well. And Matthew actually has uh, two blind men uh, that, are, that is listed there. And Luke, Mark and Luke only focus on one. And so the... Uh, Biblical scholars will sit and argue that all oh, the Bible's wrong, and and so it's we have to remember that there's there's probably more a more vocal or active one, and that was Bartimaeus, and that's why you know Mark actually gives account of his name, and Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, actually means the unclean. It means the unclean, and so he was a beggar. He lived as a beggar. Begging for money, so he would have to wear a striped garment. Like that was his uniform. Hey, he's allowed to beg. He can't work. And so he had that, that identity was, was in that uniform, the blindness that would hinder his daily activities. So he, he couldn't hold a job or earn wages, and so he was dependent on the generosity of others to live. And yet, that is a very desperate and despairing situation to be in, especially when you, you're not sure 
uh, where things are going to go from day to day, how much you're going to receive or not receive. Now, we see that happening in our, our city quite a bit, not in here, but in San Antonio all the time, wherever you stop. But a lot of times people are, their struggle is not because they've chosen or they have an ailment. It's because they're struggling with an addiction or something in a lot of cases. And, and I have, matter of fact, it, it, I was talking to my son, and there's somebody at our church that's reappeared. He done his, he's done his jail time. And, uh, and that young man has, has struggled with cocaine for some time, and he's back on it again. And let me tell you, there's been assistant pastor after assistant pastor after Pastor Joe after everybody who's tried to share the gospel with him, but he has chosen to do this life. And yet he comes into church and he disrupts it. And, and so uh, some people want help and some don't. And we can share the gospel a thousand times with somebody. And, and, and if, there's, if they're not willing to walk away from that addiction, not willing to, to trust and follow Jesus, there's going to be times when you're going to have people that are going to stay on the road begging. Because in San Antonio, there's so much help. But a lot of them don't want to give up that addiction. A lot of them don't want to give up the control. But this man, Bartimaeus, was actually was allowed to actually beg. He had the striped garment, and that was his identity. And remember, if you if if when we look at this, we're we have to remember they always thought that what that it was either the parent sin or. Or was it something that he did that caused the blindness? Remember they asked that question in John chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. He says, and he passed by. He saw a blind man from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that, uh, that, he, that he was born? And Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed on, in him. We must work in the works of him who sent me while it was day. Night is coming when no one uh, can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So Bartimaeus' condition, it paints a perfect picture of, of, of those that are lost in sin. And apart from Jesus, that we are lost and in complete darkness. He never sees the beauty of the Lord, but he cannot see the path to find it he stumbled along the path of sin and so many are doing that today in second corinthians chapter 4 verse 4 it says in their case the god of this world was blinding the minds of, of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of christ who is in the image of god the god of this world little g satan and so that's very important for us to understand that satan does try to blind the minds of unbelievers. You can, you can say, man, I have, they were this close to following Christ. And Satan tries to blind the mind of, believer, of unbelievers. Because the light of the gospel, the gospel of Christ, is the image of God that, you know, we pray that they would come to know that. But they get blinded. That's why you see so many people panhandling now. It's because they're blinded. The God of this world has blinded them, Satan. 
In verse 47, it says, And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. He was sitting there, and the crowd begins to come through, and Bartimaeus had to have heard about Jesus because he says it's Jesus of Nazareth. And he cries out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. He's had to have heard of the miracles. Do you remember the first time you ever heard of Jesus? I mean, seriously. The first time somebody spoke to you about Jesus Christ. When you had a real conversation with them. About who he is and why he came. Do you remember that day? For me, it was a, uh, uh, in combat. I had a young man that decided that he wanted to try to convert everybody in the tent. Uh, unfortunately, he, his, his bedside manner was not that great. From the moment we woke up to the moment we went to bed, he would not stop. And it was not like a loving Jesus. It was, let me get the Bible and beat you over the head until you submit. Until we had him thrown out of the tent. Now, he cared more about my salvation than I did at that time. And I, 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 I know I'm going to see him in heaven. And I said some choice words because I was an unbeliever. I was blinded by the world. And we had some words. And I would tell him, man, I'm sorry, but I thank you so much that you took the time to talk to me about Jesus. Maybe you should be just a little more gentle, <laughs> a little more loving. You gave us a lot of truth, but there was no love in it. And, and, and sadly, out of the five or six people that we had in that tent, none of them came to Christ because it was so just over the head. It was like we just... It was too hard for us at that point because it was like, man, there's no love in anything that you're doing. And so we need to remember as we, as we have the opportunity to talk to people about Jesus, there has to be that love. Because if not, you're just that noisy cling, that gong, that it just turns people away. There has to be agape love. There has to be the love of Christ that, that comes out of you and, and, and pours out into the person that you're speaking to. And I love that he says Jesus of Nazareth because what did Philip say? And Nathaniel said to him, he goes, and as he's talking, he goes in John 1, 46, Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Right? And Philip said to him, and that, those are the people that are following Jesus. But he calls him Jesus, son of David. Bartimaeus calls him the son of David. He recognizes who Jesus is. Even though he's blind, he's recognized that he is the Son of God in human flesh. That, that Jesus, that Jesus, the Son of David, can heal me. And I love that because he's going to, he's crying out over the crowd. The Son of David, the, the Son, the, the uh, Son of God, the Messiah, who's capable of he healing me. In Romans chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, and the Apostle Paul says, Concerning his son who was descended from David, 
according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of, of holiness by his resurrection from the dead Jesus Christ our Lord and then we also see in Revelation the son of God with power in Revelation 22 verse 16 I Jesus have sent my angels to testify to you about these things for the churches I am the root and the descendant of David the bright morning star the root the offspring, the Alpha and Omega, and Bartimaeus is calling out with humility and hope to Jesus. In Romans 15, 13, it says, my, May the God of, of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. The Christian life should be characterized by hope, joy, and peace. So much of the Christian life right now is everybody, uh, for whatever reason, seems to be defeated. We walk around with our heads down thinking, man, what is going on with our world? And yet you're supposed to be the light. God has given you the opportunity to do that. And we can sit and say, well, this is going wrong with the church, and that's going wrong with the church, and this is divided, and we can't talk, and, and, and that person's doing this. And it's like at the end of the day, we should be characterized by our hope, joy, and our peace. Do you have joy when you wake up? Do you have hope? Because I do. I mean, I hope every day, Lord, this will be the rapture. But if not, I have work to do. God has prepared good works for every one of us. To display that hope, that joy, that peace, that love of Christ, the agape love, that it's, you know, it's expecting nothing in return and, and, and extending grace to people. Bartimaeus understood he believed God and he believes God would do exactly what needed to be done to heal him. Because he believes that he's my Savior, he's my Lord, it's personal to him. When you believe, you believe all things are possible. Bartimaeus believes Jesus can heal me. I just need Jesus. And that's how we should be. But yet we are forgetting that we should be crying out too. Do you believe that this country can turn on a dime 180 degrees back to the direction it needs to go? It can. But it's going to take the Christians to start living right and doing what we've been called to do as believers. But we have to believe that all things are possible. We have to believe that this, this, out of all the time that we're in right now, the time that you're in right now is prime for revival. This is the biggest time for revival. It's no different. I keep telling you all that. It's no different than the riots and the assassinations and the, the war that was going on in Vietnam, the hippie movement and the love movement, and all of that stuff happened in 68, 69, 70. And there was a revival that happened through that. It was a revival that had to happen within the church first. And then how does it, how does it outpour through the church? It starts outpouring into the culture. And the hippies came to know Christ. And let me tell you something. I, I, I got people that I know that are out 
ministry and, and, and sharing the gospel throughout Los Angeles. And there are people that are, are of the LGBTQ community that are coming to know faith. They need Jesus. When they tell you it's Pride Month, say, well, guess what? I'm proud of Jesus. Let me talk to you about Christ. Since you have so much pride, let me tell you what my, <laughs> my pride is in Jesus. Right? But we have to be willing to share the gospel. We have to be willing to believe that that person can come to know faith and that God can make them a new creation in Christ. But do you believe that? See, I would think that there are probably some of you that are here today that are going, that can't happen. There are some of you that have people in your life right now that are struggling with addiction, and you're going, they'll never come to faith. Because that's not, if, if God says all things are, are, are possible, then it can happen. But you have to believe. Mark chapter 10, verse 27, it says, Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. We have to start understanding that. I love what he does next as he says, Jesus, the son of David, he, have, he, he says, Have mercy on me. He cries out in desperation. The son, that, the, the name that meant unclean, he's saying, Have mercy on me. Now, we don't know if Bartimaeus was born blind or he uh, was in an accident or had an illness and he, and he got uh, lost his sight uh, early in life or later in life. We're not sure. But we have to remember that there are people that are in, uh, in desperation today. And, and I love that. You, you want help? Cry out for mercy. Cry out for mercy. Cry out to Jesus. Are we desperate to see our marriage get fixed? Are we desperate to get out of our financial troubles? Are we, are we desperate to see that prodigal son or that prodigal daughter come back to the Lord? Uh, you know, we have, to, we have to be as desperate as Bartimaeus was as he cries out for mercy. And in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans for your welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. God has plans for each of us. For each one of us, God has plans. And, and I love that it's a future and a hope, but it's like, are you desperately, desperately going to cry out to him? Are you running to him or running from him? Because that's, that's what happens. You, when people go through these, these moments of desperation, and it happens all the time. They either run to Christ or they run away from Christ. And, and I can tell you, man, at, at the end of the day, your desperation should be to Jesus. You should run to Christ. Laying down whatever pride that you have, whatever attitude of pride that's going on in your life, whatever sin that's happening, and run to him in humility and say, have mercy on me. I need you. Let me tell you, when you get to the end of yourself, that's an awakening. Because there's nobody else to cry out to. When you pushed away everybody and nobody wants to be around you and your wife has left you, because I've been through that, and I was in that place where I was just like, Lord, have mercy on me. 
I'm a sinner. I need Jesus because I, I can't fix this. I'm at the end of myself. I love that Bartimaeus, that attitude of humility. James chapter 4, verse 6 says this, but he gives more grace, therefore it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And that word rebuke is, means they, they actually threatened him. Shut your mouth. Don't bother Jesus. Do you know that every time somebody gets close to following Jesus that this happens? The enemy shows up and gets in somebody's mouth or ear or something, and they don't listen to that. I watched it physically happen. We were at a, an event as they were sharing the gospel at a bar. And you go, wait a minute. Yeah, I'm serious. At an Easter service. It was an Easter. They had it at a bar. And they, they actually gave the gospel message. And I watched this dude, his girl, Ryan Reese, and, and them are, are giving the message of Jesus Christ. And there's a guy that's got a, you know, one of the pentagram Satan things on his thing. And he asked his best friend. And let me tell you something. As the gospel message is going out, his best friend will not be quiet. And he finally looks at him and says, man, let me hear this. And let me tell you something. The dude standing up that was trying to rebuke him, he didn't receive Jesus. But his friends did that day. They gave their life to Christ. They stood up and gave their life to Christ at a bar on Easter, along with about 80 other people. The gospel has to go out. These people would never show up in a church. But they were there, and they heard the message. But I saw somebody rebuke immediately, sharply. And this happens. And as a church, one of the things we can't do is, is try to do that and, and, and push people away from Christ. The crowd rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But I love Bartimaeus. He gets louder. He cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And yet Bartimaeus got louder. Are we willing to stand and say, I need Jesus that much? In a public square, in front of a big crowd, I need Jesus. And that's what he's doing. Our voices as Christians can't grow silent. He cried out all the more. Let me tell you, it's time for the Christians to cry out all the more and exalt Jesus. To exalt Jesus. What you're doing is not right according to the word of God. I have to stand up and say something. Are you willing to do that when the great crowd is going to try to rebuke you? Because what's happening is everybody's kind of hunkered down in the churches. And, and I, one of the things I, I'm going to talk about this tonight, I don't know why this came up, but we talked about that cruise ship mentality. The church has gotten to a cruise ship mentality. You're on a battleship. The moment you give your life to Christ, you're at war. The enemy's after you. 
And and that cruise ship mentality is is like, I need to I need to have this ministry for this, and I need to have this to be given to me, and. Y'all are here to serve me. And what happens is we spend all of our time in the church and we never spend it in the community. And so there's nobody to cry out. There used to be Christians on the school board. There used to be Christians in the government. There used to be Christians that ran for mayor. Yeah. But we've hunkered down in the churches like it's a bomb shelter. You've been called out. You need to be just like Bartimaeus. You need to be all the more crying out to Jesus. Crying out to Jesus. I love what he says. He says, Son of David, have mercy on me. He says it again. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, it says, But the God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, we see in verse 49, the blind beggar answers the call. Jesus stopped and, and said, call him. And now look what the crowd does. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up. He's calling you. They just got done rebuking him. And then Jesus, hey, go get that guy. And see how quickly they turn? Like a drop of a hat. But they tell him, they tell him to... to to take heart, get up, he is calling you. And you realize that's what Jesus is doing for us every morning. Get up. I have, I, you have a calling on your life. If you've given your heart to Christ, there is a calling on your life that, that is done every day. It's not just done on Sunday. There's a calling on your life. And I love that Jesus stopped, and, and he stopped the chaos of the crowd. And over all the chaos, he heard Bartimaeus. And that's a reminder to us that no matter what you're going through, God is not too busy for you, that God hears you. That's why I was telling you about, about uh, Daniel. Daniel had that, that cry as he's praying, and as he's crying out, immediately the angel of the Lord, uh, uh, Gabriel appears. So God heard, right, over this loud crowd, as even as Bartimaeus is being rebuked, Jesus hears. Jesus knows. He knows what Bartimaeus is, is crying out. He, he understands what his needs are. And see, God loves the world, but he, he knows specifically what your needs are. It's that cry of mercy from Bartimaeus. He says, call him, and they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. In Matthew 9, verse 13, it says, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. It's a cry of mercy that triggers Jesus' compassion. But are you willing to be honest about your needs with Jesus? Are you still trying to solve your own problems? Right? I have to remember that, too. It's, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not preaching to the choir because I'm part of the choir. Sometimes I'm there trying to solve the problems instead of stopping and praying. Right? And so we, at the end of the day, we have to stop doing that. We, we, we need to trust in Jesus. We need to cry out to Jesus. 
even as believers. Take heart, get up, he is calling you. Now the crowd goes from rebuking to calling. And Jesus calls him in Isaiah 55, 6. It says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. In verse 50, And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. That cloak was his identity. Remember that cloak? is a striped cloak that he's wearing that identifies that he is a beggar. He throws it down. It reminds me of Paul in, in, in Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 9. It says, but whatever I gain, I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surprising worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them all rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own, that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, in uh, Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. See, our identity is in Christ. And he's letting go of that old identity, leaving the cloak. And in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. My identity is in Christ. My identity is not a pastor. My identity is in Christ. My identity is not a, not a husband. It's in Christ. My identity is not as a father. It's in Christ. That identity has to be above all. Christ has to be first in my life. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in, the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He's throwing that cloak off, and he's putting on the righteousness, the cloak of righteousness, covered by the blood of Christ. That's, that's the cloak we wear now. We belong to him. It identifies us as his. In verse 51, it says, And Jesus said to him, What do you want uh, me to do for you? Now, that's a blank question, a blank check question, right? What do you want me to do for you? That's Jesus, right? But I love Bartimaeus' heart. He was so specific. And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. He was direct with Jesus. I re recover my sight. I want to see. He gets an overwhelming question, but it's, Bartimaeus is so specific. And it's a reminder to us that when we cry out to Christ, when we're praying to the Lord, we need to be specific in our prayers, not general. You need to be very specific. Miss Donna, who does our prayer, you know, I gave her the list of prayers that we had on Wednesday night. And I love that because she's very specific. She will, as they get answered, she will mark them down as she knows that I don't need to pray for that anymore. That's been answered. But it's very specific prayer. So when we write everything down to give to her, I need to be specific in it. It's a great lesson for us that, that, that our prayer should not just be general. 
but specific. And then finally, we see the blind beggar is no longer blind in verse 52. And it says, And Jesus said, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Go your way. Your faith has made you well. He immediately recovered his sight. Faith is an activator. Remember I told you, if you come to me and say, Mike, I'm sick, I'm going to pray with you, pray for healing. I'm going to pray with you specifically what you need prayers for, but I'm going to send you to the doctor. You, you have to, there has to be, act, there's action with your faith. You know, it's, it, at the end of the day, I love this because Bartimaeus had action with his faith. He cried out to Jesus. And as he's rebuked, rebuked and silenced by the enemy, he doesn't stop crying out. He doesn't go, okay, I guess that's it, and walk away. He just keeps crying out. He gets louder. And that's the same for us. Is like we, there, there has to be that faith that, that's an activator. So we pray, but we're part of it. We get, to, we get to be a part of it. That's why God has prepared you for good works. In James chapter 5, verse 13, it says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sin, he will be forgiven. You see everything that happens there? It's like, let him call the elders of the church. Well, the elders of the church have to actually go to him. Like, oh, okay, I'll pray for you. I, I, can't, I can't anoint you from my house and you're at your house. I have to go to you. There has to be, there has to be action. And we come together and we pray. But Jesus is connected to the man's healing and, is, and, and with the, the man's faith and uh, I love it because it was the faith that, that wanted Jesus, Bartimaeus. It, it, it's the same faith that he knew who he was. And it's the same faith that knew what he deserved from Jesus, to be healed. He was confident in that. It's the faith that could tell Jesus what, what he wanted. And it's the same faith that could call to Jesus the Lord. We don't earn our way to heaven. We know that. It tells us that in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not, a, not your own doing. That It is the gift of God. It's the free gift of salvation. But I love that he immediately and immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, and followed him on the way. Immediately. And again, these are... are, are prophecies that are going to be fulfilled by jesus in psalm 146 8 it says the lord opens the eyes of the blind the lord lifts up those who are bowed down the lord loves the righteous and as isaiah 29 verse 18 it says in the day the deaf shall hear the words of the, of the book and out of the gloom and the darkness the eyes of the blind shall see the prophecies fulfilled Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Justice is God giving us what we, de we deserve, but mercy is God giving us, uh, God not giving us what we deserve. Grace is God giving us what we don't deserve. And one of these days, the dam of, 
of God's mercy will give way to his justice. When the church is called home, I wouldn't want to be here. When the rapture happens. Come on up, sir. Well, today is Communion Sunday. And uh, it tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so of, uh, eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So for those of you that are here, in order for you to take part in communion, you have to be a believer. And what is it to be a follower of Christ? Simply, we have to admit that we're a sinner. We have to ask for forgiveness and be willing to turn from our sins. We have to believe that Christ died for us on the cross. And we'll receive Christ into our heart. It tells us in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And what is the penalty for sin in Romans chapter 6, verse 23? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says that if we confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So with eyes closed, if you want to pray this prayer with me, if you're watching online or you catch us later on the podcast, you give your life to Christ, that's awesome. Uh, but just pray this prayer after me. The prayer doesn't, there's nothing magical about it. It's just as, as Bartimaeus was crying out for mercy, you're crying out for mercy and saying, Lord, help me, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I believe in my heart that you're Jesus. Lead my life, Lord. Help me to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.